they put they gave him to me and I just remember it was like kind of what I thought it was supposed to be you know I was just so excited and all the adrenaline and um yeah it was completely night and day difference Welcome to the Birth Journeys podcast. It is my belief that our birth journey has a lasting impact that goes far beyond delivery. It is my hope that through these stories, you would find the insight, tools, and the courage to go on and have your own positive and empowering birth journey. Just as a reminder, any information you hear on this podcast is meant to inform and encourage you on your birth journey and not intended to replace advice from your medical professional. Welcome back to the Birth Journeys podcast. Today we have Trisha on and she's going to be sharing her two stories with us. Hi, Trisha. Thanks for coming on. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am a stay-at-home mom to two kids. I have um, a seven-month-old and then my daughter is almost three. Um, and I've been married five and a half years now. So, and I live in Washington. Yeah, cool. So where do you like to say that your birth journey begins? Um, so it started, I guess, with my first birth (laughs) (laughs) with my daughter, which was, I guess, three years ago at this point. Yeah. So how did you find out you were pregnant? Well, we had been trying, we actually tried for a while. Um, it took... I think it took like eight months to get pregnant. Um, So I kind of was like tracking my cycle. And we actually were on, I don't remember if we were on our anniversary trip for our second anniversary or if I was sick. But it was like around our two-year anniversary that I found out I was pregnant. Mm. So what was it like when you were trying? Did you like expect it to take a little while or did you expect it to happen? No, right away? I actually, <laughs> I was actually like, um, I think it's every woman's fear that they won't be able to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was getting a little bit nervous, um, but um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, so. I just kind of thought, I mean, you, you spend your whole, I don't know, your whole marriage, I guess, try not to get pregnant for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of thought it would just happen when I wanted a baby. But um, yeah, so it was a little hard trying to like every month take, I would take tests like way before my period. And it was always like disappointing. I don't know why I did that to myself, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty common. I think I always do yeah. that to myself whenever we're I always trying. buy the five day, the five day uh, early yes. ones. Um, uh-huh. And then, yeah, I feel like getting the negatives was always a little bit like, oh. Yeah. Well, so what was it like month. when? I feel like, oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just feel like I was living in like the two week increments or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where, oh, totally. Yep. I yeah. can relate to that <laughs> for sure. And eight months doesn't sound like that long, but I feel like. It was a long time. It felt like a long time. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> to me anyways. Well, th- yeah. And I think, I know that there are obviously women that struggle with infertility for years. So like, you know, I was a similar situation. I think we tried for about seven months. Um, but it does, it feels like an eternity. And I know that that like pales in comparison to, you know, someone who truly struggles for years or whatever. But um, it's like, like each month feels like a year. <laughs> it's like an eternity and it it really does just kind of like consume you. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was like all I thought about and then yeah. you get like kind of obsessed with the idea of mm-hmm. getting pregnant and then it doesn't happen. And so, um, yeah. yeah, so thankfully yeah. I did get pregnant um, and it all worked out. But <laughs> Yeah, so what was it like when you finally got that positive test after eight months? <laughs> Well, weirdly, I was, like, more nervous than anything because I was like, oh, well, (laughs) now I'm pregnant. I was always um, really scared of pregnancy and childbirth. I think that's pretty common. But I was, like, really afraid of giving birth with my first. Mm. Um, So I kind of just, like, went into it blindly because I thought that would be best. I was like, oh, ignorance is bliss for birth. (laughs) And I don't think that was really the best um Mm. path I would say I think it's good to educate yourself and know what you're getting into but I was kind of just like oh I'll just get an epidural and that'll be that won't know Mm. what's going on but yeah I definitely wish I could go back and be less naive I guess (laughs) yeah yeah I, I was the same way with my first daughter so I can relate to that as well so when you were pregnant I'm assuming you know, you're talking about epidural, you went with the standard um, care with an OB? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually, for both of my pregnancies, I got preeclampsia. So I feel like for my first, I went in for like a normal 37-week checkup. And then um, I got induced that day. So (laughs) I feel like it was all like a little bit it was a lot to take in because um, I had actually had my baby shower the Sunday before I went in to go get induced. So I like was thinking in my head like, oh, I have three more weeks because everyone says, oh, with your first, you'll go overdue. You're not going to go early. And I was like not mentally prepared at all. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I didn't even know what preeclampsia was. Like that's how naive I was. Um, so I just didn't even know that was a thing or that I was like at risk for it. Mm-hmm. I always just thought it was like older women get preeclampsia. I don't really, I didn't really know anything about it. So it was almost like devastating mm. <laughs> to get it mm-hmm. and then be induced. I don't think anyone really wants to be induced. No. Um, it's not really like amazing, but <laughs> yeah. So when you went in for that 37-week appointment, like what were the the symptoms that led to the diagnosis? Well, I had been – I had had a headache and, I mean, both times when I've gotten the headache, it's like really bad. Like can't even think straight because it's so intense. And then I was telling my doctor that I had seen stars in the shower um, and I'd just been seeing stars a lot, which – that's a very clear symptom of preeclampsia. Um, mm-hmm. I actually wasn't puffy at all, um, so I don't know if we, like, caught it soon enough or what, but I didn't get, like, puffy or anything, um, but I just had a headache, and my blood pressure obviously was 
super high. And thinking back now, I had done like a lab the Friday before and like my protein levels came back um, really high. But I, again, I didn't know anything and it somehow got like missed. Um, so I technically probably should have had my baby sooner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because yeah, they I just, say I didn't that think... your vision is like one of the last things to get affected by it. I think so. Or, yeah. Yeah. So I was probably like, and my blood pressure, I mean, I could probably look, but it was like pretty high, mm-hmm. um, when I went in that day to get induced. So I'm like now thinking back, I'm like, okay, that seems like a serious thing to <laughs> just, like, go under the radar, you know? Like, oh, yeah. very clearly I had preeclampsia, but and my blood pressure with both my pregnancies has always been, like, it hasn't been high, but it's not, like, low. It's probably, like, 120 over 80, which is kind of, like, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, my whole pregnancy – and I, I didn't even know anything about blood pressure numbers either when I yeah. got pregnant. So they would tell me these numbers and I'd be like, great. I don't know what that means. But, yeah, right. Um, so, yeah. Um, it was definitely a lot to take in. Yeah. Um, so so what, what ended up happening? You went in for your appointment and you said that they ended up inducing you. But, like, how did that all play out? Well, I just remember I had told her she, like, was – looking over my chart and she obviously saw like the labs that I had had done and then I was telling her like oh I kept seeing stars today and like my blood pressure was high when I got there and then she uh, um she's like oh I'll be right back and then she like left for a few minutes and came back and was like oh so we're actually gonna have you get induced today at six and it was like 3 p.m so <laughs> mm. I was like, oh, great. That's not what I was expecting. I bet. Um, so, and then my husband, of course, wasn't answering his phone. He was at work and he didn't answer for like an hour. So then I just drove home in like a panic daze, I guess. I don't even really remember. I was like just not expecting that, that news at all. And I was mm-hmm. obviously terrified of giving birth. So um, I was terrified of getting induced. Because everyone says, I mean, it can take up to a few days, but, um, so I just was, you know, my mind was spiraling. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So I'm assuming you ended up getting a hold of your husband at some point. Yeah. He answered. It was like after an hour. I called him, I think it was like 11 times or something, but. (laughs) He must've saw his phone and thought, oh gosh, something is really wrong. Yeah. He said he saw all the calls and then he just like got in the car and left and called me on the way home because he figured it was I mean by 37 weeks you kind of assume anything yeah, can happen at that yeah. point um but yeah then we were both were kind of like okay I guess the baby's coming um mm. <laughs> yeah. oh man so how, how did your induction start what all did they do for that process um so they did the fully balloon um, and everything kind of went how they said it wouldn't, like in a good way, but also it was all happening so fast that I feel like it was just too much for me or something. Mm-hmm. Um, because so they put in the balloon and they said it would take like hours for it to fall out, mm-hmm. but they put it in and then 
I kept telling the nurse, I was like, I feel like it's coming out already. And they're like, no, there's no way. Like we just put it in there. But then I like stood up and then sure enough, it fell out (laughs) after Mm -hmm. like 10 minutes. Um, And even the nurse and the doctor were like, oh, okay. So then I immediately like dilated to three centimeters. Um, And so, I mean, I was, it's a good thing, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. um, then they, they gave me something to like soften the cervix after that. Cause um, I don't remember, they said they were going to give me Pitocin at like midnight and it was I can't, it was a long time ago. I wish I would have written it down, but um, it was pretty early in the night when it fell out. Like, I think it was like 7.30, like right after I got there. <laughs> mm. Like basically right after they put it in. So I want to say it was like 7.30 and then they said they'd give me Pitocin at midnight, but they gave me, I can't remember what it was called, something to soften the cervix to try and like get things going. Um, like or? I think it was like, they kept calling it, I want to say it was like miso. Oh, misoprostol. Yeah. Okay, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they gave me that, and then basically immediately contractions started coming. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I feel like, um, because they were like, oh, when I went in on Friday, they told me, oh, you probably won't have your baby till like Saturday night or Sunday. So I kind of had it in my head that I was going to take some time, but then everything just started happening really quickly because my body was just ready, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I was having contractions for a while, but I kind of was convincing myself. I was like reading into it or something. Um, but yeah, I really wish I would have written this birth down, but I almost feel like um, I wanted to forget it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't like – it just – um, by the time I, because I got the epidural at like one thirty a.m. And I was already to a seven. So like looking back now, I wish I would have just kept going because I was doing pretty good. I mean, it obviously gets worse after seven centimeters, but, <laughs> um, yeah. Cause once I got the epidural, I don't really know how to explain it. I, I feel like I almost like checked out completely like mentally (laughs) I feel like I was um yeah I don't I don't really remember a lot of like being in the hospital and stuff I don't know if it's like I don't want to remember it or something I have no idea Mm -hmm. but um yeah because so I got the epidural at I want to say it was it was around like 1 30 I don't know remember exact times but um and then by like 3.30 or 4. She was born at, I want to say 4.19 a.m. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, it was a very fast birth for like an induction that yeah. early. <clears throat> and sure. my first baby. Um, so, I want, yeah, I think I started pushing. I pushed for like 45 minutes, I want to say, but... The thing with the epidural is, like, I mean, it's great. You can't feel anything, but I feel like that's a really – it's not great that you can't feel anything because I had no idea where 
they kept telling me to push in certain spots and I like couldn't feel anything. So I had no idea like what was going on down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just remember like the, everyone was getting really stressed like the doctor and stuff because she actually came out with the cord around her neck. Both of my babies have so far. So, <laughs> um, and she was getting really stuck cause I couldn't push her out. So then, um, her heart rate and stuff was dropping. And then I actually ended up getting an episiotomy, which probably was the worst part for recovery. Um, and they told me if I didn't get her out in, like, the next few pushes, I was going to have a C-section. So then I just was very motivated to not do that. So I just pushed her out after that because <laughs> I wasn't about to get that far and then have a C-section. Yeah, so, right. Um, yeah, so that's kind of all I remember from her birth. But... um recovery-wise and stuff. Getting the episiotomy, like, I feel like that was awful. Um, Like, the epidural wore off, and I just remember being like, oh, Mm. this doesn't feel great. Yeah. (laughs) And I couldn't really, like, sit properly for a while, and, um, yeah, I feel like I... I almost, like, was so mentally checked out or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really – I think it – I mean, I definitely had, like, postpartum depression pretty bad after having her. Um, But, yeah, so that was her birth. Like, seven and a half hours, I think, is how long it was from the first contraction to when she came out. So with your postpartum depression, um, did that start like right away or was it like a couple weeks in or what did that look like for you? I feel like it was like right away. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also feel like I was like expecting to like give birth and then feel all these amazing emotions And, I mean, obviously it was exciting to have a baby, but I feel like I was almost, like, so miserable that (laughs) I was like, oh, I thought this would, like, feel Mm. better or something. Um, Mm -hmm. So then I felt I had a lot of guilt because I wasn't, like, ecstatic. I mean, I was excited, but it felt very muted from what I was, like, picturing. Mm -hmm. Um. So I wish I could go back and (laughs) tell myself that it's okay, but. Yeah. So how long did you, like, well, I guess first I want to ask, like, what, um, were you like aware that you were having postpartum depression symptoms or like, was it something that took a while for you to recognize? Like, what were the things that made you like know that that's what you were dealing with um I had it for a while like I want to say till my daughter was like one Mm -hmm. um and I feel like it almost like got worse 
Um, but I feel like I didn't really feel anything, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm a pretty emotional person, but I feel like it, like, wasn't there. Um, and I definitely had, like, a lot of, like, postpartum rage, I guess is what they call it. But mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I felt like I was crazy. And I feel like you almost want to keep it all in because you're afraid of, like, people obviously judging you. Mm-hmm. And it was my first baby. So I didn't know. I didn't even really know what to look for. And I feel like, yeah, when you're in it, you just don't really notice, I don't mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Um, but now with my second postpartum experience, I'm like, wow, I was not okay. It didn't help, like, after I had her we got COVID like she was five or six weeks old. Mm. Um, and my husband got really sick, like bedridden for like 10 days. Wow. And then I was like mildly sick and then she got sick, kind of sick too, but not really. Um, but then like my milk supply basically dried up. So then that didn't help. Because then I felt really bad, and I tried really hard to keep pumping and get my supply up. And um, I was getting all these opinions, and that didn't help. Yeah. Because <laughs> I kept asking people because I had no idea what to do. Because, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, you don't have the confidence, I don't think, with your first, where you're like, I feel like I didn't really know what I was supposed to do. Um, so then I felt a lot of guilt for that because – I didn't want to pump anymore because I don't like pumping at all. <laughs> I still don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I don't like that. Like it either. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's very time consuming, and I feel glued to the couch. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that didn't help with my postpartum depression either. And yeah. I also had like a lot of anxiety, like really weird anxiety, and like intrusive thoughts and. Now, this time, like, I haven't had that. So I'm just like, wow. I thought it was just, like, normal mom anxiety to worry about, Mm. like, the stroller getting hit by a truck or something. Yeah. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. I so relate. (laughs) Yeah. I'd have these, like, weird weird thoughts in my head that were, like, so absurd. Like, I'd be cutting something for dinner and I would just picture it somehow landing on my baby who's all the way across the room yes oh my gosh yeah and I felt like I was losing my mind Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and then I just didn't tell anyone about it because I was like oh I've always been like an anxious person so I was like oh it's probably just because I'm a mom now but I don't think that (laughs) you should be that stressed (laughs) yeah I know no it's so real like yeah totally yeah I with my third or my second baby was when I had really bad postpartum depression and anxiety and yeah the intrusive thoughts I kind of struggle with intrusive thoughts like postpartum with all my babies but like for some reason with her it was the worst like yeah like you would I would imagine the most insane scenarios that would never happen like (laughs) and it's just like what on earth it's so bizarre like what a stupid And they're so thing. they're so intense too. Yes, yeah. Ugh. 
yeah they're so gross so i had like i feel like i had all the bad things just like stacked on top of each other and then i yeah. just but you kind of i don't know i feel like i would like kind of talk to people about it and then they'd almost like it probably was who i was talking to but i felt like some people acted like i, I was complaining too much and i was just mm. actually really struggling and trying to find somebody who could relate to me and um, and I feel like if you haven't experienced it, you just don't know. Yeah. Like, yep. you don't know how bad it is. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that the whole, her whole birth really um, shifted. I never thought I would have the, like, strength to want to have another baby <laughs> mm-hmm. because I was so traumatized by the whole thing. And I, I mean, having a baby, it's... It's a lot. I mean, you're pregnant for a long time, and then you give birth, and that's a lot. And then um, the first year of their life, you don't really, like, get a full night's sleep. And (laughs) there's a Mm -hmm. lot that goes into it. And my daughter, she was, like, a really bad sleeper, so I was just not getting enough sleep, I'm sure, on top of it all because she woke up, like, every one to two hours, I swear, for the first year of her life. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. It's it's a lot, you know, it's, especially, you know, it's like your first baby, it's this huge adjustment. And then, you know, to deal with the postpartum, like anxiety, depression, that kind of thing is a lot. And then, yeah, the lack of sleep, it is, it's, <laughs> it's intense. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, it is. Yeah. And, and then I feel like I was so like insecure about my mothering abilities so I just kind of kept a lot of it in and um I truthfully think like telling like I would try to tell my doctor but I don't think they really know what to do or yeah I feel like nobody was helpful and they just like oh that's normal and it's like okay well (laughs) it shouldn't be no I mean I think I think things can be quote normal because they happen it's common you know like it's very common but I also think that like there are ways that we can support our bodies and support ourselves through the season of all of that like you know I think you know really taking care of our nutrition is really important yeah and um I think there's no like shame in finding like if you want to talk to like a therapist or something during you know, that first year during that adjustment, I think that could be really helpful. You know, like, I think there's a lot of things that we could do to support ourselves through it, but it's like, we kind of don't know unless we, someone like tells us to do that, you know, like, yeah. Cause I think um, that a lot of it is you're so frantic yeah, and you and, don't and, know who to turn to and yeah, nobody and I, knows how to help. Yep. And I feel like, um, sometimes when we're going through things and like you said, you were like talking to some people, but like they couldn't really relate. And like you said, maybe I was talking to the wrong people. Like, you know, um, like I think that, um, it's like, even though I think that so many moms go through it, I feel like it's not something that so many moms share a lot about because like, I mean, me listening, I mean, being like a birth podcast host, like I hear a lot of these stories and like, I hear a lot of women going through this, but like on a day-to-day basis, if you don't listen to birth, 
podcasts or like you're in like the birthy world or like, you know, you don't really hear a ton about it. Um, so I think that like the, maybe the circles that you're in may have something to do with it a little bit, but like, um, but yeah, I think it, it is, it is more common, I think, than we know. Um, but I think that we also like, especially I think with your first baby, we kind of like have this like fantasy dream world. Like you, you want to have a baby so bad. And when you're going through like a little bit of like waiting period to get pregnant and then you get pregnant and it's like, you kind of almost have like this like romanticized, like fairies and butterflies idea of what motherhood is going to be like (laughs) and you you know you think like you finally are pregnant and you're gonna have a baby and it's just gonna be so amazing and beautiful which it is it's it is it's beautiful and amazing and it's such a blessing but like also you know it it can be tough and um I think when we kind of romanticize it it can kind of hit us like a Mack truck (laughs) Yeah, like yeah, I think that my expectations were just a yes. little bit too high. <laughs> yeah, yep, there we go. But um, not to like scare anybody or fearmonger people into like you know not having a baby or whatever. But like, it's just the reality, you know. Um, the reality is, is sometimes it's hard, and um, sometimes it's not hard. Sometimes people breeze right through that first year and they have no issues at all. Um, but yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's, it's not super beautiful and that's okay. You know, we get through it and (laughs) yeah. And I've had to tell myself like the good things in life are actually a lot of work. Yes, Um, they are. And I think that's just kind of the reality you have to realize when you have a baby, like it's not always going to be just this walk in the park. Like it's not just running to the store, like running to get coffee with your baby and feeling good all the time. Mm -hmm. sometimes you get like two hours of sleep and then you still have to face the day and take care of your baby and it's hard (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it really it really is motherhood is like the most messy beautiful challenging amazing experience ever (laughs) yeah yeah it is for sure (laughs) so anyways you said that you going through this season you know of dealing with the postpartum and, um, you know, having kind of a hard baby, you said you couldn't really ever picture yourself maybe having another baby again. Um, but at what point did that change and when did you get pregnant with your second? Um, so I, I mean, after her first birthday, I, I actually, I started a workout program and it sounds so silly, but I, she was like, 10 months old and then I started a workout program I'm still doing it to this day because I feel like it's been so good for me um and so I started just working out consistently because I just one day was like I have to make a change for myself like I have to be willing to put in the work for myself to feel better I guess um Mm -hmm. and I don't think that's what cured my postpartum depression by any means but it definitely helped um So then once I started doing that, I kind of, I almost got a different outlook on life completely. (laughs) It's so silly, like, now that I'm saying it out loud. Um, But I started, like, the workouts were, like, really hard. And, like, they, it's, like, focused on a lot of, like, building muscle and getting stronger. And I feel like that almost, like, 
shifted my mindset of life and even like giving birth. Um, so I don't know if it makes any sense saying it out loud, but it really did like impact me because I, yeah. I used to just run. Um, I never did anything that like, I mean, running is hard, but it was like, I never did anything with like strength training or anything. Um, so then when I started doing that, um, it really did make a big difference. And I started thinking about life differently, if that makes any sense at all. Um, but so she, she was, I think like 18 months and then I started being like, okay, I think I am not opposed to the idea of having another baby. And thankfully it was just like one try I got pregnant this time. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's nice. So I didn't have time to, I didn't mm-hmm. have like any time to really like back out, you know, mm-hmm. I just got pregnant and I was like, Oh, okay, well here we go again. <laughs> um, so yeah, she was like 18 months. I want to say when I got pregnant again, mm-hmm. um, and my pregnancy was a lot harder, which everyone says boys are easier, but um, I was way sicker <laughs> this pregnancy than I was with my first. Um, well, both times I got really bad, like food aversions mm-hmm. where I couldn't eat anything um, and I felt like I was on the verge of throwing up like 24-7. Um, but my last pregnancy, yeah, I I couldn't even eat, like, bread. Everything tasted like poison to me, and it was a rough – I luckily, I'm not sick for that long, but I still was sick for probably, like, seven weeks of just – I couldn't eat anything. I would – one day, I remember I only ate an apple because it was the only thing that sounded good for the whole day. Mm. Um, but <clears> – <throat> So going into this pregnancy, did you do anything differently, um, like pre- preparing wise, or did you kind of do the same? I want to be ignorant <laughs> going into this. I kind of started. I kind of started like researching a little bit more before I got pregnant because I was like, there has to be like a better way. <laughs> mm. Um. And I had just, I almost got, like, annoyed at people for, like, wanting to skip an epidural before. Like, I'd be like, what's the point of that? And then I started kind of leaning towards that. And, um, yeah, so I just started listening to, I used to, like, never be able to listen to birth podcasts because it would scare me too bad. Mm -hmm. But I started listening to a lot of, like, birth stories and, um, when I was pregnant, I listened to a friend shared with me. It was like the Down to Birth podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I listened to some of their episodes and I had to really like hype myself up my whole pregnancy because I I kind of like knew I would get – I kind of figured I'd get preeclampsia again. Um, I mean I was hoping I wouldn't, but I definitely was like I have to be prepared for a baby coming early, getting induced. Um And so I had to really, to, I feel like to go from being scared of birth to like 
doing it with like unmedicated, it's kind of a big leap. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I had to really um, hype myself up my whole pregnancy and convince myself that I would be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, so I developed preeclampsia. I, I think I was, I, I was 36 weeks, two days this time, but I had like checked myself into the hospital. Um, basically because I had a really bad headache that wasn't going away. And then, um, I was seeing stars again. Mm. Like I woke up one morning and I saw, I was like seeing stars when I hadn't even moved yet. And I was like, Oh, well, this isn't a great sign. Mm. Um, so I had called, I had emailed my doctor and then they told me to come in that morning. Um, and I can't remember what my blood pressure was. It was definitely high. Like the bottom number was in the hundreds. Um, so it was pretty high. I want to say it was like 163 over 105 or something. So, um, but when I went in that day, they, they just admitted me. Like I didn't even go home that time. They're like, okay, with your history of preeclampsia and we're just going to induce you today. So I went in at 10 and then they admitted me at, or no, I went in at like noon. I left my house at 10, but I went at noon and then they just admitted me. It was like 3 PM. Um, and I was nervous to do another induction, (laughs) but when I got there, I was already dilated to three centimeters, which was kind of random but really convenient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they, and obviously I don't remember this with my first birth, but my husband said they did monitor my blood pressure and they gave me stuff for it, but I don't really remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this time they gave me blood pressure medication because my blood pressure was like really high and it wasn't going down. Um, but then it made my heart rate go up. Mm-hmm. And then they had to put me on magnesium. And I don't know if they weren't going to if the blood pressure medication worked. I can't remember. But the magnesium was not a great start. Well, I've <laughs> heard birth. that it's awful. Uh, yeah, I felt very um, almost drunk, I guess, would be the best way mm. to put it. Um so they had given me, they were going to give me Pitocin. So they started giving it to me at 6 p.m. And then it didn't do anything, which was really bizarre. Like absolutely nothing. Like I wasn't having any contractions. Um, so I was already like, oh, this is going to be a longer birth than my last. Um, so I was getting nervous because... I don't know. I feel like, does anyone want a long birth? (laughs) (laughs) Not particularly. (laughs) Yeah. So they, Mm. after like a couple hours of Pitocin, um, they're like, okay, obviously your body isn't responding to this. Um, So they said that we could break my water 
and this was at like 8.45. And I didn't really want them to break my water because I like, it just seems kind of weird to me. But I also wasn't progressing at all. Um, so they broke my water and then <laughs> this is at 8.45. And then immediately just intense contractions came on. Like, I feel like as soon as I broke my water, I just went into this fast, intense labor. <laughs> mm. uh, I remember looking at the clock at like, it was like 945. And I remember it only been an hour. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Because mm. <laughs> they were so intense. And I was getting, I was like getting no relief. It felt like because mm-hmm. they were coming so frequently. Um, but I, I told my husband and I told the nurses, I was like, do not offer me anything. Cause I know, I know that I will just give in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to remember it was, I want to say it was like 10, like it was like 10, 20. So it only been like an hour and a half and I was. I was um, struggling, to say the least, because, um, yeah, they were, yeah, I just, well, in my head, I was like, there's no way my, like, I'm going to be able to do this amount of pain for, like, five hours. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I finally, it was, like, t- 1025 or something, and I remember I told the nurse, I was like, I need the epidural right now. Like, I was like, I cannot do this anymore. And so she was like, okay. So she was going to call. And they hadn't checked me at all to see where I was at. So I had no idea. And I didn't want them to because I didn't want to be discouraged. Like, be like, oh, you're only at like a five or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so then she was going to call to get, what are they called? The guy that gives, or the person that the gives up. The She picked up the phone to call. And then I got up out of the bed. And I remember, like, I got, like, a chill down my spine. <laughs> and I, like, look back, and I was, like, just kidding. I was, like, the baby's coming out. <laughs> and uh, I was not expecting it to be that fast. Wow. Um, and so they, she was kind of, like, oh, well, let's see what's going on because it hadn't been that long. It was only, like, an hour and a half or, like, an hour and 40 minutes or something. And so she checked, and sure enough, the baby was coming out. <laughs> And I just remember um, after that, I I don't even remember what I said or what I did. It was very intense. <laughs> um, I mean, I was like, I think I was like yelling at the nurse and um, I was, people were telling me what to do and I was like pushing people off of me. And <laughs> um, um, but weirdly, so then... When I pushed, I only pushed twice, and he came out, but I didn't even feel him come out. Wow. That was, like, the most bizarre thing. But my contractions were, like, awful. So I don't know. Um, I don't know if – I mean, don't people say, like, some people have worse contractions and some people have worse, like, pushing? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so I didn't even feel my baby come out at all. <laughs> wow. 
But I think it was just so intense and I was like so, I don't know, all the adrenaline. I just like pushed him out and that was that. Mm. Wow. So did you notice like in your immediate postpartum, was there a difference in when like your baby first came out? Um, Like then your first birth, did you notice like because some people yeah. say that like the epidural and whatever like numbs that rush of oxytocin oxytocin that we we get like after we the baby comes out like did you notice a difference in that or not oh yeah it was like night and day difference like they gave him to me and i <laughs> i remember i looked at my husband and i was like i can't wait to do this again <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> and he was like uh... okay <laughs> But it was, yeah, because after they put, they gave him to me and I just remember it was like kind of what I thought it was supposed to be. You know, I was mm. just so excited and all the adrenaline and um, yeah, it was completely night and day difference compared to my first. I feel like I was more emotionally aware of what was going on too mm-hmm. because I feel like when you feel everything, it's like the relief and then you get a hold of your baby after. I don't know. Mm. It's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's funny because I hear that a lot, like that people say, you know, epidurals um, really interfere with that immediate postpartum, like oxytocin rush and the bonding and, you know, the that high feeling. Um, but I feel like every time I ask a mom who's had an epidural birth, like they're always, it almost seems like they do experience it. So I'm like, well, like, is it really true (laughs) that like it numbs it out or whatever? But, um, like I know for me, like I for sure, like absolutely noticed a difference between my epidural birth and my natural births, 100%. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it seems like not everybody does. Um, But it makes sense to me also. Like, the whole idea of the drugs, like, kind of numbing you out makes sense to me. So, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm sure everybody's body, like, responds to it. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. But I feel like I – I feel like now that I've done both, like, I think I'd rather – suffer for the for how much better it was after Mm. like I'd rather I mean not suffer but I'd rather like go through the pain than to like have it's worth it I feel like yeah it's way it's worth it Uh and I think having the epidural I almost had like no control of my body and um, without you're very aware of what's going on and pushing the baby was pushing the baby out was very easy because I wanted the baby to get out immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I truly never thought I would, um, get to the point of wanting to go without an epidural, but, um, I'm really glad that I managed to do it because <laughs> I was mm-hmm. getting nervous that I was um 
I mean, I was obviously kind of disappointed when I asked for it, but I think it was clearly because I was in transition and <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Things were things were really ramping up. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> my husband took a picture of me because uh, I told him with my first birth that I was. I told him I wanted him to take pictures this time, um, and so he took a picture of me. It was like ten fifteen, so I, <laughs> it's like the worst picture ever. Um, but I'm kind of glad that I have it <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was like crying and, you know, dealing with contractions, but, um, yeah. Yeah. So you didn't, you didn't have any Pitocin at like, you said that they ended up turning it off completely. So basically like yeah. once they broke your water, your body just went into labor. Yeah. 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 They, yeah. Cause the Pitocin, like nothing was happening yeah, that's so um, weird. My body just – it is very strange. And the crazy thing is, so my sister was pregnant too, and we ended up having our babies an hour apart. What? In the same that's hospital. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and our, so our first babies were actually born like almost 24 hours apart. That's why I can't remember what time my daughter was born because both of our babies were born at like 4 a.m., like one day apart. Wow. And then we both had – boys that were born an hour apart and so yeah we oh, were across so the hall cool. from each other did <laughs> you know that or yeah we did okay you did know yeah she had texted me that she was going in because I told her I was being admitted and then she's like oh I guess I'll see you there so <laughs> it was just really funny wow I mean so I, neat. I didn't think they'd be born that close but mm-hmm. um yeah so now they have the same birthday <laughs> that's so cool I love that and they're both boys, so. Yeah. Neat. So what about, like, um, like your postpartum the second time? Like, you didn't – did you have any of the same, like, postpartum issues? Or do you feel like you – it was easier? Oh, it was, like, way easier. I came home from the hospital, and I remember – being surprised because I was like it feels like I didn't even have a baby and I mean it's also I think people say recovery is better for your second baby anyways um but I was surprised because I had like no pain I felt really good I but (laughs) I almost was like waiting for something bad like waiting for the bad stuff to come Mm. for a while because I was like there's no way it's gonna be this good forever (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah it was but I think that I was the high after birth I feel like is there for a while Mm -hmm. Um, it totally is yeah so it was completely different experience um it was actually kind of strange how much better it was Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me, and like, not to like sit here and analyze your first birth or anything, but like, when you really think about it, when you kind of have an idea, I mean, I guess you said you kind of wanted to go into your first birth kind of ignorant, but like, 
still, I'm sure you had this idea of like, you know, you're going to go into labor at some point and, you know, and then you're going to, you know, go to the, like labor at at home maybe, and then go to the hospital and then get your epidural and, you know, then have your baby. But like, you were just totally like, it just was like sprung on you. Like, Oh, you're having your baby today. Like, you know, and then it was kind of like, like a surprise and you probably didn't have that on your radar, you know? And I feel like sometimes when that kind of stuff happens to us, it's like almost easy, like harder to process. It's like, oh yeah, it almost feels like stuff just kind of happens to you and like it didn't happen like through you almost. Like, yeah. so I can, I can see how like the, just the scenario of like, oh, oh, we're having a baby today, like, and it's just kind of sprung on you and, like, out of the blue and then all the other things that transpire, like, I totally get how that can kind of lead to, like, trauma and, like, postpartum, like, issues because it's just not something that you really, not that you can plan for anything really, but like, at least with your second birth, you kind of knew like, okay, like I know that this could happen. And like, while you probably hoped it doesn't happen again, like at least you know that it may, and you can kind of mentally prepare for that. Like, okay, this could happen X, Y, Z, like whatever. And like to kind of prepare yourself for if it does happen again and, you know, hope it doesn't, you know? So I, I totally get that. Like, I can see, because I'm a firm believer, like, I, now that I've experienced four births, and my one birth that was my, like, I I was the worst postpartum, like, I totally know why. Like, I don't believe it was just, like, oh, hormones or whatever. Like, I know what it was, and it was this, for me, it was having an expectation of my birth going a certain way, and it totally Mm -hmm. didn't, and it was like that, like all this stuff happened that I didn't plan on and it just happened to me and it just really made me feel really bad. And even though it wasn't my fault, it wasn't, you know, it was what needed to happen at the time and it's all fine. And like, I can look back at it now and be like, Oh, like, why did I beat myself up so much? (laughs) But like, um, I don't know. I just think that like our births, and how it all transpires, it's just, it's, it's so big, you know, it's so big. And yeah. And, yeah. And I feel like how your baby comes into the world is going to play a role in, yeah. you know, when they're here. Mm-hmm. So, um, totally. yeah, yeah, it's, it's such a, such a crazy thing because you can't plan for all of the, what, like the what ifs, you know, but you kind of have to, um, understand that the what ifs are there and they can happen while not focusing on them and still planning, you know, for what you really want. So I think it's always a good idea to like plan and then hold your plan with open hands and, you know, try. Yeah. You kind of have to like almost prepare for anything with birth, especially it's like anything can happen. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, a lot of it, too, with, like, a second birth and second baby is, like, even being in the hospital and, like, having the confidence to, like, stand up for myself and, mm. um, like, knowing that, like, you don't really have to, like, 
do everything they say in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I think that is a lot of it. Um, and because I think, um, like looking back at my birth, my first birth, it's like a lot of it I could have, um, like I feel like they. I mean, they knew I wanted an epidural, and so they kind of kept like, when do you want to get the epidural? When do you want to get the epidural? But it's like, if they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have, like, been pushing me so much. I mean, I kind of told them I wanted to, but if I could go back, I don't think I would tell them, like, oh, I want an epidural. Like, that's my birth plan. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Because if I wouldn't have been asked, I probably would have honestly made it all the way to the end without (laughs) getting one because I was just, like, I don't know. I didn't think it would go fast, so I kept kind of believing I wasn't actually in labor. And um, and I mean, I don't want to say that the epi- that like blame the epidural for my postpartum depression, but I do feel like it kind of was like a start of because mm. yeah. I feel like I was like really in like obviously when you're feeling the contractions and I was like walking around and. Um, then when you get the epidural, you're kind of like glued to the bed. And um, I like fell asleep at one point and it was really weird. It was like I was watching a birth that wasn't my own or something when mm-hmm. I was there. Yeah. Um, and so I do think that getting an epidural was played a role. I'm not going to blame the epidural, but I feel yeah. like um, – it played a huge, huge role in my whole birth. Because obviously I think that if I wouldn't have gotten the epidural, I probably would have been better at pushing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. And there wouldn't have been all those scary things happening and they wouldn't have given me an episiotomy because mm-hmm. – or maybe, I don't know. I feel like those are pretty rare nowadays too. Yeah. Depends on the doctor, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't yeah. even really remember them giving it to me because I was so all over the place with what I was feeling. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would not recommend an episiotomy to anybody. Yeah. Did you have any issues with your second birth? Like, did it re-tear or anything or was it fine? No. They actually didn't notice that I tore at first because it was so minor. Okay. Um, That's good. But I did have to get, like, I think it was, like, one little stitch. Um, so yeah, not tearing definitely <laughs> makes a difference in your recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause yeah, I just went home and I was like, Oh, cool. It feels normal down there. Mm. Yeah. That's but I remember with feeling. my first, <laughs> I remember with my first, it felt like my uterus felt like a balloon or something. Like it was going to fall out. Hmm. And then I did not get that at all this time. So I don't know if it's because I was, like, I was, like, super more active this pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that has anything to do with it or if it was just second baby or I don't know. I did do a lot of things differently for my second pregnancy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been could have been anything. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because, yeah, I never experienced that feeling this time. Mm-hmm. But I just remember even like turning to like breastfeed in the night, like to grab my baby would like hurt with my first. And then, yeah, this time I came home and I was like cleaning my house and just acting like nothing happened. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. 
So what do you think made the biggest difference in the outcome of your second birth, like mentally wise? Like, what do you think that was? I think it's, it's all just like believing in yourself, like Mm -hmm. believing that you can give birth and like, we are made to give birth, like our bodies are built to do it. And, um, I think having that mindset of like, I can do this, I think made a big difference rather than just going there and being like, oh, I'll just, you know, get an epidural, not feel anything and, um, not even think about my birth until I get there. I think Mm -hmm. it does make a big difference to somewhat prepare and at least know what you're getting yourself into somewhat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I have I have a friend who um she like can't handle hearing birth stories. Like it just freaks her out. <laughs> yeah, I used to be and, that way too. Um, yeah, and I relate too cuz I was like that with my my first baby. Like I didn't want to know anything. But I'm like, man, if I could go back and tell, you know, 24-year-old me like, "Hey, like listen." <laughs> like it's it's really like empowering to hear these stories and like um, to hear like what our bodies are made to do. And it's really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, like do the research. It's not scary, you know? Um, it shouldn't be scary. No. Yeah. I mean, birth is hard. It's, you know, we can't yeah. sugarcoat, <laughs> you know? No, I mean, Some- I'm definitely <laughs> – Definitely yeah. not really like my baby's seven months. I'm definitely not like I want to give birth again. At yeah, this point, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean birth is hard. It's it's painful, um, and there are definitely, you know, it's there's challenges for sure. But like when you look at the grand scheme of things, and like you said before, like you would rather go through like the suffering and like the pain of labor for that feeling afterwards because oh my gosh it's so worth it yeah it I'm is like, and I feel oh, like I feel I like I suffered experience it <laughs> I know and I never thought mm. I would get here but I honestly suffered so bad like mentally after my first mm-hmm. that now seeing the difference I really believe that it makes a difference yeah it um, really does getting to feel it and be there and um and I think it's, I kind of, I don't know, like we're meant to do hard things. We're meant mm-hmm. to like challenge ourselves and birth is hard and it's challenging and it is worth it to challenge yourself. And um, yeah, it's not an easy task to <laughs> um, power through contractions and stuff, but it is worth it. Yeah. It's definitely worth it. Totally. It is. Um, so for your second birth, you said you listened to some podcasts to kind of help you prepare. Um, did you do anything else, um, to help you prepare for your second birth? I did. Um, I mean, I talked to people like, um, my, so my sister, the one who I had babies with at the same time, she has never, she's done both her births unmedicated. Um, so she was, I talked to her a lot and I talked to other people too. Um, but I really just listen to podcasts cause I feel like they offer a lot of good insight and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was empowering to hear about other births. It's not, it wasn't scary. 
Um, <laughs> but I think that when you've never done it before, it probably is a little bit more scary because yeah. you just don't know what to expect and mm -hmm. what it's going to be like. And But it probably would have helped me, honestly, listening <laughs> to positive birth stories. I mean, I don't think you have to go listen to all these scary, traumatic birth stories by any means, but... <laughs> Um, listening to the positive ones definitely probably is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I'm, like I said, like birth is hard and, you know, it's hard work, hardest work you'll ever do in your life. But like, mm -hmm. I think, yeah, like you said, the positive, um, like when we can look at, yeah, you know, it's going to be hard, but like, it's like the best hard work you'll ever do. I think that that can, that just makes all the difference to have your mindset in the right place. Like you, like you said, it is, it's, it's so important. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I mean, it's, they say it's like running a marathon and that's yeah. why I say like working out, it's, it really does feel silly saying it out loud, but I feel like that, um, just that mindset of like, it's worth the pain, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense. I actually listened to, I don't remember what podcast it was, but she was, she does like um, birth prep classes or something. And she was saying she has people do like a wall set or something for like a really long time. So then I started trying that at home because it was like, I think it was for a minute and a half because like that's how long contractions can last. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. Um. And so I did a lot of stuff for a minute and a half to, like, prep myself. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So it was, like, I think it was, like, a wall sit for a minute and a half. And then um, there was something else, but I can't remember what it was. But I started doing things for, like, a minute and a half or, like, just holding a squat. Because it really, I mean, you can do anything for a minute and a half. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> yeah. And that's how, I would say that's how long contractions are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It can be up to that long. Um, yeah. So uh, you kind of probably already said it, but um, if you were to give one must-have piece of advice to a first-time mom, like what's something that you'd want to tell her? To just believe in herself and like, she, any, like you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Which I used to kind of like, I mean, I used to roll my eyes at people that would say stuff like that because I just didn't believe it. But now that I've lived it and experienced it, um, I want to just tell everyone, like, you can do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't have to, like, get the epidural. Like, it doesn't have to be this scary thing that you just numb yourself for. Mm -hmm. Like, it can be a beautiful thing. And so that's probably my best advice is – Telling everyone that they can do it. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. And believing in yourself does go a long way, especially mm -hmm. for something like birth. And and I do think um, talking to, like, your husband about it, too, helps. Um, kind of getting them on board with the idea, too. I know my husband was really nervous. <laughs> mm. And he said it was a lot harder watching me without the epidural <laughs> mm -hmm. but um I was glad that 
he, um, I don't remember if he listened to anything about how to support people, but I feel like he had to somewhat prep because he did a pretty good job when I was in labor. But. Yeah. Yeah, it's always good to have your hubby on board, especially if you're like wanting to go unmedicated or something because when we're in the throes of labor, it's so easy to be like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I think be I said like, that. Wait, remember, this is what you want. You can do it. I said know. it a few times. I can't mm-hmm. do this anymore. But he was a good – he encouraged me to keep going. So yeah, <laughs> I'm sure even though he probably didn't really want to because he probably was like, oh, this is awful <laughs> watching <Yeah>. this. But... <laughs> <sighs> cool. Well, do you have anything else that you want to share or do you feel like you covered everything? Um, I think I covered it. I'm sure I just rambled a lot. But <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you said lots of good things. <laughs> Hmm. cool well thank you for taking the time to come on and share your stories and you know your postpartum depression journey and um yeah the things that helped you with your second birth and yeah it was really encouraging to hear and I know that it will encourage some other mamas to be too I hope so because I I really I was on the other side at one point, and so I just feel like <laughs> oh, it does make a difference. I don't know. I never yeah. believed it, but yeah. like really, That's if right. I told myself when I was pregnant with my first that I would have my second unmedicated, I probably would have been like, no, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know it's, it's funny because I think, I mean, I hate that it happens, but I think a lot of times that like first birth isn't always super awesome and kind of tends to pave the way to better birth experiences, you know? And yeah, I I hate, like, I hate that because like, I want every birth experience to be a good experience and a positive memory, you know? Um, which is my heart for the podcast, like why I'm even doing this at all. Um, is that like, like, I hope that like first time moms will listen and will, hear and learn and and know that you know you don't have to have a crappy like first like traumatic birth like you can have positive birth experiences like yeah the first one is generally a little harder it's you know probably a little bit harder of a recovery on your body and you don't know what to expect and I honestly think that like the pain of labor is like shocking to first-time moms because it's like you know like everyone knows it's going to be painful but like when you're going through it, you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, you know? I think that the contractions really shocked me. Yes. I just, I felt like, I think at one point I told my husband, it felt like my bones were shifting down or something. Mm. Like it was, um, yeah, I think it was, it was shocking. Like, you know, it will hurt, but yeah, you don't really know till you're there. Yeah. And then it's just, I had a quick birth. So I'm really impressed with women who have longer births mm-hmm. and, um, can manage to Me. go and meditate. <laughs> oh, really? Birth, yes. <laughs> oh, I, I cannot imagine having a seven hour birth. That sounds amazing to me. I can't even imagine having like a 10 or 12 hour birth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my last one was probably, I think it was an hour and 45 minutes. Wow. That's insane. Um, 
But I think that there, <laughs> I would imagine that I just get everything all at once. And then, um, like I go from, I went from zero to a hundred. And so mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it's not that intense the whole time. <laughs> yeah, no, it isn't. No. And inductions also are different too. Like, yeah, um, yeah you know, sure. they are, they, they are for sure. So yeah. I'm hoping with my next one, I'd avoid preeclampsia, but mm. I think that might not be likely at this point. Yeah. They said basically if you get it twice, you were like guaranteed to get it. So hmm. that's interesting. I wonder if like have you researched at all, like if there's a way to avoid it or I tried everything. Um, I did read that they're kind of finding that it actually comes from male sperm. Oh, um, interesting. So actually, like, might have more to do with like the man than the woman. So hmm. I don't know. Which is interesting. Um, So then I was like, next time I want to get pregnant, my husband is going on the same diet as I. I didn't really go on a diet, but I just ate a lot of protein. And um, I think I took magnesium and I did all sorts of things. I was super active and um, yeah, I did. It's kind of one of those things I read. There's You just are going to get it if you're going to get it. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. There's really nothing you can do about it. And yeah, so maybe third time's a charm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll avoid it through my third. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> All righty. Well, thanks again for coming on and sharing your stories. And it was fun chatting with you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you were encouraged in some way through this story. As a reminder, Please rate and review our podcast, and you can connect with us on social media at Birth Journeys Podcast. For more information or to share your own story, please visit birthjourneyspodcast.com and fill out the brief questionnaire. See you next time.